welcome to Telling Future Generations, the radio ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship of Illinois. Now here's your host, Dr. Katrina Forseth, a missionary serving as State Director of CEF of Illinois. Hi, and thanks for listening to Telling Future Generations. I remember back when I was a student at Moody Bible Institute, I was taking a course on an introduction to missions, and the professor in the class brought up a discussion on calling and ministry. It was clear after the discussion got going among the class that there were really two different camps represented in. There are those who believe that God calls people specifically into ministry or to the mission field just as surely as God called his people to serve him in specific ways in the Bible, whether in the Old Testament or in the New Testament. Others in the class were more inclined to think that unless you're doing something against God's word or morally wrong, that the decision to serve the Lord as a believer in full-time Christian ministry is as wide as the ocean. In other words, the decision to serve the Lord as a Christian plumber serving people in their households is no different than serving the Lord as a Christian pastor in a local church. It's just two different viable options. So, for example, one could decide to be a factory machine operator just as well as a missionary serving overseas. In this perspective, it doesn't mean that prayer isn't involved or obtaining wise counsel from a multitude of others or that an internal assessment of one's spiritual gifts, abilities, and interests are not considered. But the greatest problem that I have with this latter view, both back then as well as this day now, is that this decision-making the will of God wider view seems to leave God out of the divine picture and puts me, myself, and I, and each one of us instead into the driver's seat of the determining factor in discerning God's will. I don't know about you, but I much prefer sticking to God's word. I am convinced now today more than ever that a specific ministry calling to serve the Lord in a believer's life is God-ordained. One of those places in the Bible where we clearly see that a call to serve the Lord in ministry is God-ordained is through the life of Nehemiah in the Bible. In Nehemiah chapter 1, we see God's handprint all over Nehemiah's life, and all that transpired throughout the entire book of Nehemiah was no mere happenstance. God's calling upon Nehemiah to serve the Lord is God-ordained through a God-given burden, through God-centered prayer, and through God-opened doors. The opening words of Nehemiah chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 reveal the God-given burden that God by his sovereign will placed upon Nehemiah, who is the Lord's called out servant. It begins in verses 1 through 4 saying, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeliah, and it came to pass in the month of Kislu, in the twentieth year, as I was in Susa, the palace, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And then Nehemiah responded, and it says, And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned for certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. None of this conversation happened by coincidence, but rather all of it from beginning to end unfolded according to God's sovereign will. Nehemiah didn't just happen to inquire about the condition of the Jerusalem and of the Jerusalem people. God had already placed a God-given burden upon Nehemiah's heart for a particular people, a particular need, and a particular place of service. If you think about it, what God did with Nehemiah is what God does with all of his servants throughout history. For example, David, when he was a mere shepherd boy, was burdened to take on giant Goliath. Why? So that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. 
And what about Queen Esther? She was burdened to intercede for her people before the king for such a time as this so that the Jewish people would not perish. Martin Luther, the Protestant Reformation leader, was burdened to translate the Greek New Testament into the German language for the common people to read and understand. Hudson Taylor, a missionary in the 1800s to China, was burdened to take the gospel to the interior of China to millions of people who had not yet heard of Christ. And what about Jesse Overholzer, the founder of Child Evangelism Fellowship, who was burdened to pray, to organize, and then launch a worldwide ministry to children with the good news of Jesus Christ that began in Chicago, Illinois in 1937 that extends now today to almost every nation reaching children for the Lord. But did God only do this with his servants way back then, or is God still calling his people to serve him today by placing a God-given burden upon their hearts? What about you? Has God placed a God-given burden upon your heart for a particular people, a particular need, or a particular place of service? Well, how and when did God do that in your life? Or perhaps like in Nehemiah in chapter 1, your God-given burden was first expressed as an interest, or as a concern, or just as a desire to obtain additional information. Or maybe, as with Nehemiah, God so moved upon your heart a burden to pray for a particular people, a particular need, a particular place of service, that you began to pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord in a God-centered prayer. You see, God calls out and prepares his people to serve him not only by placing on them a God-given burden, but also by responding to him in a God-centered prayer. You know, I love the rest of Nehemiah chapter one because that's really what it's all about. It's a God-centered prayer that focuses on the Lord. Nehemiah, after he hears about the condition of the walls and the gates in Jerusalem, and more importantly, the condition of the people, Nehemiah, in the next few verses, in verses five through nine, he lifts up his heart before the Lord to pray. He says, And said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my fathers have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments nor the statures, nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If you transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though you were cast out unto the uttermost part of heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there." You know, this God-centered prayer of Nehemiah had three main components. First, Nehemiah, he knew exactly who he was praying to. He knew who the Lord is. He was praying to the Lord God, the great and awesome God, who keepeth covenant, and all the promises in him are yes and amen. Nehemiah knew the Lord is merciful towards his people who love him and desire to walk in his ways. Second, Nehemiah, he knew who he was and who the people, the children of Israel and their fathers, that they were all sinners with a capital S-I-N. Nehemiah confessed their sins, which means to say the same thing as what God's word says about our sin against holy God. With Nehemiah, there was no gray area here. Sin is sin. Nehemiah cried out to the Lord, confessing the people's sins and transgressions before holy God. But Nehemiah knew something else too. 
Not only did Nehemiah know who the Lord is and who he was, a sinner, but also, third, Nehemiah knew and trusted in what God's word said, that God had said in his word that if God's people turn unto the Lord and confess their sins and seek to be his people by acting like his people, seeking to follow and obey the Lord, God had said in his word that he will forgive their sin and bring them back to their land, to the place that God had chosen. You know, I've often wondered with all these things happening in our nation, especially the last few years, why doesn't the Lord just step in and turn our nation back around to him? Or why with all this turmoil and troubles in the world, why doesn't God just step in and stop it and make it cease and desist? You know, I don't know if I have a good answer, but from the book of Nehemiah, I land on this as an answer. God is calling his people and waiting for his people like Nehemiah, who are called by his name, to turn to him and call upon him in a God-centered prayer. In fact, 2 Chronicles 7.14 echoes the very same main components as Nehemiah's prayer in Nehemiah chapter 1. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Notice it is not the unsaved that God calls to turn from their sin and turn to the Lord here. In these verses, in both these passages in Nehemiah chapter 1 and 2 Chronicles 7, it is the saved, the Lord's covenant people, the Lord's called out people whom the Lord is calling to turn to him. When you hear of evil, sinful, sad reports in the world that's happening, whether in our state, our city, our nation, or across the world, Yes, there needs to be a heartfelt, caring Christian response as a believer, but ultimately what the Lord desires is that through these trying, difficult times and hardships is for us, his people who know the Lord, who know that we are sinners, who know what God's word also says and promises, it's for us to stop and drop and call out to the Lord in a God-centered prayer, confessing our sins as his people, as a nation, and turn to him. Often the first step in being a called out servant to be used for God is not only God placing upon us a God-given burden, but also for us to respond in a God-centered prayer for a particular people, a particular need, in a particular place of service. God called his servant Nehemiah to serve him not only through a God-given burden, a God-centered prayer, but also through a God-opened door. The last two verses in Nehemiah's prayer is a specific prayer for a God-opened door for Nehemiah to serve the Lord to a particular people, a particular need, in a particular place of service. In Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, the last two verses, the word servant or servants is used no less than four times. Nehemiah prays, Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thy ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. What was Nehemiah specifically praying for? Not only was Nehemiah praying for a particular people, a particular need, and a particular place of service, but also for a God-opened door to go and serve the Lord. Nehemiah's heart desire was not just about an occupation, whether he was a cupbearer, a wall builder, or the future governor of Jerusalem and the land of Judea. Rather, Nehemiah's heart desire was about his vocation through a God-given burden, a God-centered prayer, and a God-opened door. Nehemiah desired simply to be the Lord's servant 
to a particular people, a particular need, and a particular place of service, but he wanted God to be the one to confirm it by having a God-open door. Years ago in the mid-1990s, a seminary student came across a prayer request for the country of Estonia. Because the communist walls had recently fallen in that land, the churches had a great need for Sunday school teachers and an even greater need for people to train Sunday school teachers because 90% of all the children in Estonia were at that time attending Sunday school. What before the people in Estonia could not do openly under communism, the children could now do. They could go to church and attend Sunday school and openly learn about the Bible and the Lord Jesus Christ. This seminary student was so blown away by this amazing prayer request that the student just dropped down to their knees and began to pray a God-centered prayer to the Lord to send people to Estonia to train these, these Sunday school teachers so that more children could be reached for Christ. But as a seminary student prayed, their God-given burden from the Lord was so great that they could not get off their knees until they told the Lord that they themselves were also willing to go to Estonia and to be sent to teach teachers and train Sunday school workers. Then when they said to the Lord, okay, Lord, I'll go if you want me to go, the burden released. Not more than two to three weeks later, the seminary student was walking down the Bible seminary campus hall when a professor stopped them, called them out by name and said, hey, I want to talk to you. You know, we're putting together a Christian education training team to go to Estonia to train Sunday school teachers. Do you want to go? The seminary student was shocked, but immediately knew that God had gone before and prepared their heart through a God-given burden, God sent a prayer, and now this clear God-opened door. Without any hesitation, the seminary student said, yes, I need to go and talk to my husband first, but yes, I'll go. And that's exactly what they did. In the summer of 1995, the Christian education team from the seminary went and conducted teacher training classes for the Sunday school leaders in Estonia for three weeks. And I know that this story that I'm sharing with you is absolutely true because that seminary student was me. I don't share the story with you to point to myself or to make myself different than anyone else, but rather to point to the Lord, who is the one who still calls his people to serve him, not only back then in Bible times like with Nehemiah, but still yet today. The scriptures teach that God calls out and God ordains his people to serve the Lord to a particular people for a particular need in a particular place of service. That's just what our God does. And God often does this through a God-given burden, a God-centered prayer, and providing for his people God-opened doors. Today, I have one simple question for you. How is God calling you to serve him? Is God placing upon your heart a God-given burden? Are you responding to the Lord with a God sent a prayer? And is the Lord putting before you, even right now, a God open door? God's call upon his people is not just for pastors and missionaries or people back then in Bible land times. God's call is for each of his people to serve him all according to the Lord's God ordained will and way. How will you step out and serve the Lord today? Thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us again next week. Thank you for joining us today for Telling Future Generations, the radio ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship of Illinois. To learn how you can partner with Child Evangelism Fellowship to reach children in your community, please call 309-688-9699 or visit cefofillinois.com. Please join us again next week at the same time for Telling Future Generations. Tell me again